Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 25th of February 2023. And the title of this episode is Aggression versus Apologies. Random Rambling Press is in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. I managed to speak with the organ and talk about running a small publisher studio in Sweden. As you'd expect, I'm told the scene there is healthy, but it's not very open. It was the process of setting up the interview which I felt the most, though. It was actually hard to convince Random Rambling Press that this was a no-strings-attached offer. Imagine your inbox flooded with Kickstarter support offers, shady marketing agencies and the like. I can see why it's hard to tell the noise from the signal what's safe and what's not. Thanks, though, to Geek Native patrons for making this interview series possible with your votes. I had plenty of examples of other spotlight interviews to show Jorgen, and this was all legit. So now, speaking of which, the end of the month is coming, and here's a quick reminder of the five candidates for March. They are of Gods and Games Masters, Explorers Guild Publishing, Haphazard Projects, Grim Press, and Peter Jury Mulholland. In the RPG scene, it's been a bleak and busy week. Sadly, Jonathan M. Thompson, a game designer and the owner of Battlefield Press International, passed away. Dan Davenport has put out an SOS on behalf of the family who really need financial support to pay the bills. A PayPal address, which you can find linked, is being circulated. And eating lots of bandwidth this week has been a terrible storm around Wormwood. Warning, this is an uncomfortable topic. I first learned there was a problem when, in a non-RPG Facebook group, I was alerted to an example of a terrible response to claims of sexual assault. And I was shocked to see it was the woodcrafting tabletop games accessories company, Wormwood. I watched the video and understood the concern. It's a high-impact reaction video with bros around the table, lots of energy, reassuring themselves that they did all the right things. It was a situation they would rather not have, disliked having to deal with, but it definitely wasn't their fault. Well, they kind of suggested all sorts of uncertainty around the allegations. Now, if Wormwood makes its money by selling video impressions, I see the tactics. But this was perhaps not a sensible, thoughtful and sombre reflection of a pretty dire situation. The outcry grew and grew. Further doubts were raised and Wormwood's partners, including a charity they had been supporting, cancelled on them. The video was pulled and a new apology was offered. But I've not found anybody who likes this new apology any much better. However, Wormwood is also in the middle of its most successful Kickstarter yet. The modular gaming table will be worth a million to them. And there was barely a blip in the progress, according to ClickTrack, that's a site that tracks Kickstarters. On the 24th of February, there was a drop in backers, just a small one. But that drop was almost compensated entirely for by the 25th. 
and KickTrack suggests the Kickstarter will finish around the $2 million mark. I do spend a lot of time tracking Kickstarter, and it's one of the reasons my Friday nights are now sacrificed to the RPG newsletter, but it does give Geeky Native some excellent insight. I've been following tabletop RPGs and supporting projects for two years, and have a formula to convert the number of weekly launches combined with how big the campaign targets are into a metric called heat. Heat is an attempt to define how competitive the crowdfunding weekend has been. A high heat means the market was competitive. And last week was the most fierce, the highest heat since records began. Wormwood's table was a big driver, but so was Dwarven Forge's Cities Untold, Artifact Games' Dice Tomes, and Archer on Books' Apocalypse. And ZineQuest, of course, is responsible for the sheer volume of campaigns running right now. It's not all about Kickstarters and projects coming, though. This week saw the retail release of Mongoose and Alison Saib's Viking cyberpunk RPG series called Shield Maidens. The art looks fantastic, the mashup clever, the world bleak yet awesome. You are a daughter of Freya fighting to save the realm while the gods war and darkness attacks. There's a bunch of accessories already available, and the core rules come in the book Shield Manian's Training Guide. And that's available in physical form from Mongoose and a 192-page PDF from DriveThruRPG. There's the Shield Maiden's Gates Master Guide, also from mongoosepublishing.com and DriveThruRPG. Nicely, although I'd love to know the creative and business logic here, there's even a soundtrack with a CD option available for Mongoose with, yes, a digital-only download from DriveThruRPG. There is some D&D to talk about this week too, and not just because Keys from the Golden Vault, D&D's latest book, is getting a lot of coverage, not all entirely positive. We now know that Ardlings won't be in one D&D for launch. Why not? They just didn't fit. There's also hints that one D&D might change the rules for Druids. Remember the pointless drama in the Honor Among Thieves trailer? when the druid turned into an owlbear, which technically the rules don't allow unless it's cool. There are whiffs of those rules changing too. But the main reason I put some D&D chat into this week's Geek Native podcast is because I have some stats from Roll20. The most important thing to say though is that Roll20 is going from being generous with its market share analysis of RPG systems and games to not doing it at all. I've already seen people suggesting that Hasbro bribed them to stop doing this, but I doubt it. I asked for the stats to see what happened to 5e's figures during the OGL drama. As you can tell, I didn't get them, but I did get the top three character sheet installs. The takeaway is that the top three didn't change during the drama. They are, and remain, in position one, D&D 5e. In position 2, Pathfinder 2e, and in position 3, Call of Cthulhu. However, there was a big climber outside the top 3, and a game which grew by 300%. That game was Cyberpunk Red. I suspect, though, this is due to the hit anime Cyberpunk Edgerunners. So, let's recap. 
there are lots of understandable protests at Wormwood and Hasbro, but we don't have compelling evidence to say that many people withdrew their pledges on Kickstarter or stopped playing 5e. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying it's hard to get to the truth at times, especially when the anger versus action ratios aren't immediately clear. Before we look at the bundle deal I found this week, let's talk about the UK's tabletop gaming magazine. It will get a new editor and a relaunch soon. The new focus? New gamers. I mean, that's what I wanted for Geek Native way back before RPGs were cool again, so I won't criticise. If there was a great magazine, a website and YouTube channel for onboarding new board gamers or role players, and it was the start of the lockdown, I can see why that would have been awesome for a business. But why new gamers and now? I suppose this could be a tabletop gaming magazine looking for its niche. Perhaps established gamers don't bother with magazines or sites attached to them. Perhaps people who are researching find traditional publishers first, even if they're browsing shelves in a store, if people still do that, if there are still stores. And that might be the path that Warner's Group is taking with the publication. Lastly, that bundle I mentioned is for the 5e version of Numenera from Monty Cook Games, and it's up at the bundle of holding, called Arcana of the Ancients. It's not new, but the Pathfinder Humble Deal has sold more than 100,000 copies. And so it's been extended for a few more days, so you can still get it. Let's finish here. Know when to come out fighting and when to be thoughtful. And keep safe.